Hi, welcome back. My name is Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Now available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and heard in 25 plus countries. Thank you so much for listening today. To reach out to us on Instagram, please follow us at the mental underscore wealth podcast. For collaboration, sponsorships, and partnerships, please email us at contacttmwp at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental wealth and well-being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast. Is this mic on? Oh, I think we live, baby. We live. (laughs) hey welcome back man this vibe with me for a second i don't know where you at you in your car you at work you at home you outside just take a second man you're here you're listening you're alive now i couldn't play the version with the words because i ain't got money like that but um but you know what we saying huh yeah. Mental Wealth Podcast, season number two, episode number one. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back. I love each and every one of you guys. Hold up. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Oh, you already know what it's going to be. I got some things to say today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Give it up. Give it up for us. Give it up again. Give it up again. Huh. It has been a journey, um, to say the least. And, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. It's been a dark couple of months. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to lend my love and my heart to you. Uh, This is the Mental Wealth Podcast, and this is season number two couple of quick facts, man. You know, we've been at this for anybody who just subscribed recently, right? Who just subbed, just joined the family. Maybe you caught on at some point in the middle. We've been doing this now for 10 months. So come April and exactly two months and three days, depending on when you listen to this, but based on when I'm recording, uh, in two months, we will be celebrating one year of podcasting. We released our first episode on April 16th, 2021. I mean, this was something that I started, right, where this was an accident. Like, I have been talking about podcasting for a while, you know, and then some personal things happened in my life that kind of held that up. And then I finally did it. Like, I had people, shout out to those day once people, you know who you are, who were like, were in my DMs and my messages like, yo, when are you releasing episode one? And I remember it was like but that week, I just was like, all right, I'm going to do it like this week, you know, unapologetically. And I think back to our first couple episodes we released on Fridays. So I think I, it was like a random Wednesday and I recorded it. 
and it was rough around the edges. Go back and listen to it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a great episode, but I mean, we were babies. I mean, we had a $15 mic off of Amazon recording literally off my phone. Um, and then somehow almost a year later, here we are, uh, 30 full episodes in this first season, 30, what I call full episodes, uh, two bonus episodes. And then even in between uh, season number two, the last time we released our last episode last year with Mecca Amani was December 20th. And so we had went about a month and 10 days without releasing anything at all. So some of you by now, maybe you're hearing this because you came in and heard shoulder shrug um, or heard rest in peace. Um, those two episodes that were really some things going on in my life, but more so conversations about uh, just the world and my and my and my feelings and things that I was seeing. Um, episodes that I recorded in the same week. So after not potting for a month and a half, essentially, I released two episodes in the same week, and they did phenomenal. But they weren't really a part of this season. They were just me just speaking. So they were formatted a little bit different. Um, still helpful. Many people appreciated it. Thank you so much for the kind words for those of you guys who reached out to me and just told me how much you appreciated the episode and some of the things that I mentioned and things that you related to it. Um, you know, I was explaining this thing to my mom the other day and, you know, she doesn't really get it and it's cool. But I was telling her like, you know, the reason why I do it is that there's someone listening who's going to relate, who's going to understand what I'm trying to say, right? Like what I do is I talk to you guys about my life. I talk to you guys about things that are going on in my space and I find a way for you guys to listen and understand. Like one of the things that people pray for is just to be understood because so many of us are misunderstood. So it's just a blessing to know that there's some listeners out there who would get what I'm trying to say. You know, a lot of times your words can be misconstrued and people can try to say that you're saying this and not, you know, I come in here and I'm transparent. I come in here and I speak the honest to God truth about me and my life. And I bring in amazing, beautiful guests who do the same. And that's my passion. And that's why we're here uh, a season later, a year later, a platform um, that's on multiple different streaming services, Apple, Spotify, and Google, that we've had multiple guests. Um, and we're now in 26 plus countries and growing. And we plan to do even more this year. So it was an accident, but I'm, it was a happy accident, right? That we're here. Uh, just enjoying, enjoying this. And I can truly say like at this point in my mind, um, I'm at peace with a lot of things in my life. I'm at peace with my journey. I'm at peace with what I've accomplished and I'm going forward in the next stages and phases and steps of my life and going to see where that takes me. And this podcast is a big piece of it. And I always say that even if there was only one listener, right? If I could help that person, survive and live and keep going, I've done something. I've done my job, right? And so that's why I'm here. So just welcoming on all of the new listeners, all the new viewership. Uh, we got a couple of things that are really, really spanking brand new off the rip. I want to mention just in case I forget later. YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel now. We're going to be dabbling in some video. I got a couple of projects that are coming up soon where a lot of our interviews have not really been done over video, um, or at least the video hasn't been released, right? So there's a couple of things I want to release from last year that are going to be really, really great. And then also some new stuff, some new projects where 
Um, I'll be doing some traveling. I'll be doing some podcasting in person in some studios and in different cities. And we're going to get some visuals together for you guys. And so visuals is a way that many people respond, just whether it's a clip, an edit. You know, I have a video from an hour conversation that's trimmed down to 30 minutes. So um, look for that to come very soon um, on our YouTube channel. You can find us, the Mental Wealth Podcast. But we're still a brand new channel. Like literally, I, I created it yesterday. So you may not be able to find it through search. No worries. Go to the link in the episode notes right now, wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Overcast. Look in the link in the bio. You're going to see it right there. Click it and subscribe, support us. And pretty soon within the coming weeks, we'll release our first video um, on YouTube. So we're going to delve into YouTube this year. So something brand new for us. And uh, we're looking forward to it. So I wanted to announce that before I forgot about it. So YouTube is on the way. Um, happy February, um, Black History Month as well to many of my listeners and those who aren't in the in the black community or BIPOC community um, who, who support those in our community. We appreciate you and for advocating for us. One of the, the, the theme this month, each Black History Month, I did not know this. Um, I can't remember who, who was the one who told me um, this, but every Black History Month has a theme from year to year, right? This year's theme is health and wellness. So how pivotal, how apropos for us to have a mental wealth um, podcast centering on mental health and wellness and investing in our minds and taking care of ourselves, right? I'm also told that today, at least the day that I'm recording it, 2.13, is International Self-Love Day. So I hope that each and every one of you guys are doing what you can to take care of yourselves, right? Take care of yourselves. I mean, we only really have one life to live, right? So why not do the best you can to take care of yourself? Usually I do some affirmations at the end. I want to start off before I even get into what we're going to talk about today and start off with an affirmation that I read literally two hours ago, but it hit for me on several different notes. Um, shout out to my good friend, Courtney Michelle, who posts some of these every day. And when I see them, it just reminds me of where I need to be in my mindset and where, what I need to do to get there, right? So I am affirmations on Instagram. I am loved. I am enough. I deserve love and respect. I am stronger than my problems. I have made it through hard times before. So I am loved. I am enough. I deserve love and respect. I am stronger than my problems. I have made it through hard times before. So that thought kind of just sticks with me as I open up today's podcast. And I hope that those words resonate for you, no matter what you might be feeling or going through. I always remind you guys that you are not alone. You are not alone ever. It's a pleasure to be back in this seat for season number two, episode number one. Uh, I also encourage you, if you have not heard all of our episodes, go back, listen to a few from last season. They're still doing great. You guys are still listening to the episodes we released in between the season. Just again, I can't thank you enough for your support, for just people wanting to click and spend time of their day listening to me talk or listening to a guest talk. Like it's really humbling. And I really appreciate it and appreciate the people who are really in my corner, really showing love and support, really want to see me do well. It means the world. So sometimes as, as we've grown, uh, I cannot respond to every single message, every single DM. I try to do the best I can, getting better at it. Um, but know that I see it. I do the best I can to read it all, even those in the request folder. Um, as we grow, you get more people, more followers, more people reaching out. And it's humbling. It's hard, but it's humbling as well. So 
Um, never stop. Feel free to always email me as well. Contact TMWP at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback, your thoughts about the show, ideas for the show, topics for the show. If you're going through something and you just want to ask a question and get some advice, you know, I, I don't I don't claim to be perfect, but there's maybe some things, the resources that we can do to provide to help you. Um, let this continue to be a platform, a, a safe space, a resource for any and everyone who needs it. So thank you guys uh, so, so very much. So without further ado, uh, quick story. Uh, so back July of last year, so what, seven months ago, I'm on uh, Instagram live watching Charlemagne the God from Breakfast Club. Uh, Ryan Mundy, he's a NFL player. He started a, um, a mental health company, a few other influential people on a live about black mental health. And Dr. Charmaine Jack Jackman was on the live as well. And I reached out immediately to her Instagram and was like, Hey, gotta have you on the show. Like, mind you, I mean, we're three months into the show at this point, three, four months in, uh, but trying to get on the show. Right. And didn't get a reply. <laughs> but you know, one of the lessons in life is persistence, guys. Persistence is key, man. You have to go after what you want. So she never responded. October 10th, 2021. I'm in New York. You guys know the story. If you've been listening for a while, if not, go back to some of the episodes. I can't even remember which ones in the fall where I talk emphatically about my experience. World Mental Health Day, Mental Wealth Alliance, Charlemagne's Alliance, where he's aligning many different uh groups together um that focusing on BIPOC mental health and uh Dr. Charmaine was one of the speakers on a panel and she had a booth set up so I got a chance to get over there see some of her staff meet her and say look I DM'd you before I gotta have you okay okay reach out reach out reached out like the next day you know how many emails I sent that next day oh my goodness Got one of those, you know, the replies like, hey, you know, going through trying to reschedule, um, work through how I'm scheduling my, myself now. And that happens. People are busy, right? Because I, I see it now because now that I've grown and people are reaching out to me to do episodes and stuff like I'm busy. So I get it. So I stayed persistent. And then finally, I think it was like maybe a couple months later, like mid-December, where I was able to lock in her interview and her conversation. And even then it was booked out because this is what you find out when you're in the industry, you're dealing with important people and the people who have a lot of value. You can't just get them like tomorrow. Like you got to be patient. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'll tell you, I'm working with guests right now who I'm booking for June. That that happens. It's a good thing, but I'm going to get the booking, but you have to be patient. So um, we we set it out and we we had booked it for, for January. Um, but Dr. Charmaine Jackman, who is, Dr. Charmaine Jackman. I'm honored to have her on the podcast and the platform today, and you're going to learn way more about her. So this bio that I'm going to read to you uh, doesn't do her enough justice, but here it is. Dr. Charmaine Jackman is a Harvard, uh, Harvard-trained licensed psychologist with 23-plus years of experience in the mental health field. She's a national spokesperson on BIPOC mental health and advocates for emotional wellness for all. Dr. Jackman is the founder and CEO of InnoPsych Incorporated, a mental health tech startup on a mission to make it easier and faster for people of color to match with therapists of color. She also consults with organizations on topics including mental health, racial trauma, employee wellness, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
She has won several awards for her impactful work, including the 2021 American Psychological Association Citizen Psychologist Award and City of Boston's 2021 Innovator of the Year Award, and has been featured on national media outlets such as the New York Times, NPR, PBS, and the Boston Globe. And there's quite a few more once you go to her website. So say the least that uh, Dr. Charmaine Jackman has a lot to say and is very well experienced when it comes to mental health, but not just mental health, but BIPOC mental health. So I felt it very, very important, right? As my first episode back in season one, when I'm looking at all these different episodes that I have recorded and ready to put out, I'm like, my first episode of February is Black History Month. We're focusing on health and wellness. It needs to be with the wonderful, amazing Dr. Charmaine Jackman, because she's going to speak to so many different things that we're seeing right now in our community. And I thought it'd be very apropos to start our brand new season, season two, episode number one, with this conversation with Dr. Charmaine Jackman. It's just a little back with another episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I'm here with a special new guest in this new year, Dr. Charmaine Jackman. How are you today? I am doing well. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me to be on here. I'm really, really looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, this has been, I had to set up since last year. So I've been waiting for this conversation quite some time. Um, I just read your bio to the audience so they know a little bit about you, but I also just to hype you up a little bit before we get started, you've been featured in Forbes, New York Times, Yahoo News, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Washington Post, just to name a few, Huffington Post, indeed. I mean, you've been everywhere. You've been on news channels. You know, you've been, um, you know, an expert um, in your field. So we're just really happy to, to have you on today to learn from you, learn about what you're doing today. Uh, before we even get into any of that, I just want to, with everything going on today, how are you doing? How is Dr. Jackman? Like, let's just do a check in with you, because I'm sure you do that a lot for other people. But I, I'm sure it's rare that someone really just looks at you and says, hey, how are you? How you feel? I know, right? I am a caretaker. So that thank you for turning the, 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 the question on me, Justin. All right. So how am I doing? I would say if you asked me that question two weeks ago, I might not. I would might have been say struggling. Um, I started the year a little too intense and didn't think about my self-care in the process. So I am in the process of resetting. And really, you know, I, I have been full-time entrepreneur, probably about six months now. And so I'm adjusting. So I am taking all this as part of my learning. And But it's really part of why I left my job is I wanted to focus on my self-care and have better balance. I have two young kids. So this may be a long answer to your question, but I am resetting. And it's like every day it's an opportunity to reset as I, I'm learning what I need to be successful, what I need to feel well. Um, so that, that's my honest answer for day today. I'm doing better than I was two weeks ago. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that you're taking that time. Why do you, why do you think that's important for people to do like to, to really like evaluate and reset? Yeah. I mean, we can get on this cycle of do, do hustle, hustle, and we don't take time out, time out or time off. And I think the worst part is you can burn out. Right? You can burn out from your job. You can burn out with your family. You can burn out with all the things that you have on your to-do list. And I've definitely been there. And so, but I also know how it feels when I'm not living, walking my purpose. We were talking about purpose, you know, a few minutes ago. 
how I know when I'm not walking my purpose or I'm letting external factors drive me, but I'm not the one in control. So for me, it's a way to avoid burnout. It's a way of making sure that my mental health is in a good place, that I show up with my family first to be kind and loving and patient. Um, so I think that is the first part. And as I think about, for me, this year is about really getting grounded in who I am as a person. I'm coming into half a century of my life and it's really given me a chance to like reflect, like, are you doing the things you want to do? Are you really dry? Are you in the driver's seat of your life? And are you attending to your self-care and your mental well-being? I, I do a lot of messaging to people in my role, right? And I'm like, are you doing what you're telling people you're, you're, you're to do? Are you really living that life? So for me, that's what I'm doing. And I really want to be a model for my kids and for the communities that I serve. I want people to, to see what I'm doing and not just like, she's got the talk, but she's not walking the walk, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think the best way that leaders lead is by example. I'm in leadership myself in my secular job. And I think that I've always had a model of, I don't want to ask anyone to do something I'm not willing to do. So I think it's imperative. You, um, as a doctor, as an advocate, as an influencer, and then of course, as a mom, you, you know, mm -hmm. that's the most, I'm sure you would agree, that's the most important job you have is, is being a mother, is to lead by example, because you have all these people looking to you for the blueprint, but you set it by looking, hey, I'm going to do what I'm telling you that you should be doing or that what I tell my, my patients to do, right? Because I always worry so much about MHPs because you guys give so much to the community. And I'm like, or is someone giving to you? Like, are someone pouring? Some of my favorite therapists have therapists, right? And I think that's great. Like, that's healthy for y'all to have somewhere because it has to be overwhelming sometimes when you're carrying so much weight, um, you know, from other people. Absolutely. Yes. So important. So, yes. So I am really doing, and I'm not saying like I'm perfect all the time. And I, and, and I also tell people like, it's not going to be perfect. Some days you're going to get it right. And some days you're going to have to reset, right? So I think I try to be also authentic. It's like, yeah, sometimes I'm not doing what I know is right. But the next day it's like, okay, so what do you need to do differently, right? And that's a conversation I have with myself. What are you doing to reset? How do you show up with your self-care on the next day if you haven't been doing it? So speaking of that, like what, what are some things that you do for you? Like self, what are your self-care things? What's your self-care list? What 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 does Dr. Charmaine do like when you need to reset or just give time back to yourself? Yeah. So one thing is I have my vision board here. So I'm looking over here. So I, I love taking walks. Now I'm an island girl. So this winter thing just be messing me up most days. <laughs> but I've actually gotten comfortable with walking even when it's 20 degrees outside. I would never imagine myself doing that, but I love to walk. Um, when I, you know, th this pandemic has also impacted, but I love to travel. Those are more, and I love being near the water. So those are things that really re refuel me. Uh, Spending time with my family. So if we have a game night or, you know, a lot of times we've been able to just do dinner to get, that's actually something that's helped during COVID. We've implemented having family dinners. And so that's great to bring us all to the table together. And that's always fun. Um, I love a good joke. So I love, I grew up as a TV person. So I, you know, every time I'll catch a little show. 
um, those are, and I love to read. So those are some things that refuel me and um, keep me going. But I also love my work, which in some ways um, it can be hard because I don't like to turn off because I love what I'm doing. And I love like this opportunity to talk with you and with communities about mental health. So those actually energize me too. <laughs> no, I think that's, I'm really glad that you asked that question because it's purposeful in the aspect that many of the people listening to the audience, they may have a different list, right? And that's cool. That's great. But I think it's important that we have a list. Like what is, if I were to ask someone like, what do you like to do for fun? What, what, what pours into your cup? And they sit there and like, I don't know. Well, that's, let's find out. Like, because if you can't get no self-care, self-love for yourself, if you don't know what it is that makes you feel good. So find that. So for you, it might be a walk or a movie. For me, it might be a video game, but whatever that is, like, make sure you know what those things are so that when the time comes that you balance that out and, and schedule that in. So so thank mm-hmm. you, because hopefully, again, setting the example and, and showing people, I like that vision board as well, too. So mm-hmm. um, you, you mentioned Island. I, I heard a little bit of accent. So like, where, where, let's start from the beginning. Like, where does Dr. Jackman come from? Like, where did you get your start? What was it like just yeah. you know, growing up? I was born on a very small island of Barbados, and I stayed there till I left, came to the U.S. for college. But, you know, very, very, very good, warm vibes. And from, you know, early on, I knew I wanted to be a psychologist, even though I'd never met one. Um, I had an uncle who had some mental health challenges and he invited me to be part of his journey in different ways. I remember um, he had a substance use, um, substance use dependence disorder. I remember him inviting me to one of his NA meetings when I came back from college, um, which was huge, right? Uh, and I just love, you know, he's no longer with us, but he's with me in spirit. Um, I used to watch a show called The Bob Newhart Show. I'm probably aging myself at this point, but it was this white guy who had this, private practice. He lived in Maine um, and he owned a bread and breakfast with his wife. But I loved I loved that show. And I remember him working with clients and trying to help them out. And I would then practice with my friends in high school. <laughs> Hopefully no one was harmed in that. <laughs> but those are some of the early pieces. And, you know, Island Life, I, you know, I'm always very honest about my journey as in terms of parent-child relationships, there's a lot of hierarchy. And so there's a lot where, and I was an only child for, until I was about 15. Um, there's also a lot where you're not allowed to express your emotions. You don't talk to your parents about how you feel. A lot of times your emotions, particularly any negative emotions, if you're upset with them or disappointed, you know, you're not really allowed to have those feelings. So as an only child who was kind of quiet and awkward and shy. When I was younger, I really had to find myself again and find my voice. And so that was the impetus. You know, I really wanted to work with high school students. I wanted them to have an adult they could trust and talk to about anything. Um, And that led me down the path to working at a high school for the last 17 years. So it's been a wonderful journey to think about where I started and what I had envisioned for my life and how I was able to do that. You know, I'm very proud that I was able to live my, do my dream job and that dream has evolved now, but yeah, that that's how I started. Very humble beginnings. So, and thank you for that. But is Barbados, but that's that Rihanna where she's from too? 
That's right. Okay, okay. That's I, right. Fun fact, we actually went to the same high school. So my sister, who I mentioned, is 15 years younger than I. They were in the same cohort together. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we're very yeah. proud of Kama Mirror. Anyone Bayesian out there? Okay. Kama Mirror alum or old scholar. Okay. <laughs> we have a very, very strong rivalry. A lot of people don't like us because we're kind of obnoxious with it too. <laughs> nah, no, be proud of where you're from. That's all and I and I was just sharing with you. Rihanna announced today that she is expecting. So a lot of the 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 new yeah, I don't know if you saw you didn't see that yet. She's no, a, I did not. Her and her partner, she is pregnant and the the world is going crazy. Obviously it's re, it's Rihanna. And she's a jillionaire, and I mean, one of the most famous pop stars ever. And obviously, she's expecting, so everyone's really excited for her. That is now. great. That is uh, great. So. And I, I hope she does something with mental health. I'm trying to figure out because yeah. she does have a really good platform, and I'd love for her to take on something around mental health too. So, yeah, it's been encouraging. A lot of, <laughs> hey, hey, cross your fingers. I mean, it's, it's been nice to see a lot of these celebrities, um, you know, take use their platforms. And we've seen mm -hmm. mental health being talked about like never before in the last couple of years. And it's a good thing. Right. I think it's a good thing. Um, but going back real, real quick, just what I'd like to know, because of your culture, um, you mentioned a little bit about like there was no growing up, like when you, as you were growing up, rather having those conversations, those dialogues with your parents about how you feel was kind of like taboo. But like talk through what challenge, like how does that challenge you going, going out of the country, going away from home to go to school, pursuing, you know, becoming an MHP, becoming a doctor, but still dealing with those culture gaps, mm -hmm. right? Where mm -hmm. mental health wasn't really a thing, right? Like mm -hmm. what, what challenges did that present for you at all? Um, That's a good question. I would say, to, I, honestly, I don't know that, I think the challenge that presented is in my voice, right? Owning how to own and express my voice. But like I said, very early on, I knew I wanted to pursue this career. I'd never met a psychologist, never had a psychology course. Um, but it was something I was very determined to do. So I was I got a scholarship that paid for half my tuition and room and board. And so I was like out of there. I was also ready to like leave this very small island. And I need because I wanted to be able to find my voice and find myself. Um, so I was pretty driven into knowing what I wanted to do. I think the only, I think I would say probably I maybe wish I was a little bit more open to other opportunities or other things, but it actually helped me to be very driven about what I wanted to do. Um, I would say the the I had to find my voice, and I feel like I'm really coming to that place now. Um, but there were a lot of times where I would be quiet because I didn't learn how to advocate for myself. And I was in a new country. And so trying to figure that out and navigate that. But I think I did okay. But I would say that was the main kind of barrier. In terms of the mental health piece, I know there was a lot of stigma around it. And I remember like we had one psychiatric hospital. I remember driving by there, you would often see people with very severe mental health conditions, you know, at the gate, maybe talking to themselves. So there was always a curiosity for me, but also a little bit of fear, right? Because I didn't understand what was going on for those people. But I think for me, is the curiosity is what has driven me into wanting to learn more and, and really kind of shift those narratives. Um, so I actually think it's a plus because I can, particularly when I meet Caribbean people or people from the African diaspora, I know what those messages are. I'm like, I know all the stuff that we, all the hangups we have. Mm 
And I'm able to talk through that and kind of normalize that and say, yeah, we came from that, but we don't have to stay there, right? That there are opportunities to actually help and grow and, and thrive. So Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that, Doc, because I think, obviously, you know, as I shared with you before offline, and we do have listeners in, in 25 plus countries, but, you know, one of these reasons why I'm passionate about these conversations is that there's someone listening right now mm-hmm. going to be encouraged or motivated, inspired by you. And I wanted to ask that question because no doubt coming from any country, but especially a country of color, right, mm-hmm. where mental health is so stigmatized to say, look, I'm going over here and I'm going to be a doctor in second like. That's those, you know, those it could be hard. It could present challenges based on where people are from. And I and I want people to look at you and be encouraged and inspired that, hey, despite that, you look at where you are today and hopefully mm-hmm. they can be um encouraged to pursue a similar course if they want to. So thank you for sharing that because I think that that'll help people, right? Um and, right. and then you and you mentioned once you got out of school, you went into you worked for the school for like as a public school system. Is that what it was? Yeah. So my, you know, I've had an interesting career, but I will say just to to pick up on that point. Yes, we need more therapists of color for sure. We need to. So if you're in high school, if you're in middle school, you're thinking about a career in, in psychology or mental health or a social worker, please, please, please. Yes, we need you. Our communities need you. So bring it. And there are lots of people who can mentor you into the field. Um, so your question is, oh, so when I, so in addition to, and I'm happy to talk a little bit about my program, just so people who are listening might be very curious about, well, how do you get to be a doctor, right? How do you get to be a psychologist? So I did after, like I mentioned, I left Barbados, came for high school, came for college. So it was four years of college. I actually majored in psychology and business. Um, I double majored because I knew I wanted to have a business afterwards. Um, I applied for grad school, but I didn't get in that first year. I didn't really know the process. And so I was applying to these really big schools and didn't really have a lot of mentorship. So I think one of the questions I've learned and continue to learn is how to ask for help. I think growing up in the Caribbean, you don't ask for help, right? You just kind of figure it out on your own. So I took a year off. By not by choice necessarily, <laughs> but I worked in a group home for adolescent youth. I was in Iowa and I did more research on the process. And so the next year I applied, it was successful. So I got into the University of Southern Mississippi and that program was a PhD program and I got my master's along the way. So that was five years. Some people opt to do a master's first because they're trying to figure out what they want to do. It can also be less expensive. Um, when you go to a state school, there are often um, scholarships and stipends available. So I actually paid off my PhD before I paid off my college degree debt. So a lot of what my degree, because I was at a state school, was paid for. Um, so that was five years, four years of coursework, and then a year internship, which brought me to Boston. Um, I got to work in at Children's Hospital, so I learned a lot of pediatric psychology. So I worked in lots of different departments, the emergency room. I worked in some of the medical floors. So anywhere that we could bring psychology, um, that was part of our my training. And then I was really interested in working with people in the juvenile court system. So I ended up getting the opportunity to do a, a, a two-year postdoctoral fellowship in forensic psychology. So I'm also trained as a forensic psychologist. So my first job when I graduated was actually working in the juvenile court clinics in, in the Boston area. 
Um, so I did that for a few years and it, I loved it, but it was also very draining. And I really was really interested in working in high schools because that was one of my goals. And an opportunity presented itself where there's a program that provided put clinicians in schools. Now, the first year I applied, I didn't get it. So I have all these moments of failure. And the next year it came up, I applied again. And the person who was running the program, she's like, oh, you applied again? I'm like, yeah, because I want this job. What do you mean? Did I? She was surprised that I applied again. So I got the job. So um, I got to work in this arts high school where I worked for the last 17 years before I left um, last year. So working with creative art, arts young artists was you know, nothing I could have imagined um, it for a career. And so that's, I did forensic and I did um, adolescent mental health work for most of my career. What a resume. So before we get to the next phase of your career, we're kind of bring us up to current, because I know you recently left that job. Mm-hmm. So, so you're in a different phase now. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about just in general, your opinion of ed- mental health education in the school system. And the reason why I ask this is because me, I've been out of school 12 years or so now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in school, there wasn't there wasn't a psychologist there, at least I knew of. That mm-hmm. we, we had a we had a we had a nurse mm-hmm. <laughs> that if I hit my knee or if I had a cold, she'd send me home, right? Mm-hmm. We had guidance counselors who primary mm-hmm. objective was like behavior-based, right? Or and or prepping you for college, prepping you for your courses, right? Mm-hmm. There wasn't anyone like for me to go to like, yo, I'm depressed today or like, mm-hmm. hey, I need a wellness day. Like, and I'm sure maybe things have come a little bit further today. I, I can't speak to it because I'm not in school anymore. But I know at least then there was no education. They spent more time teaching us about reproductive organs. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we had a whole like a week family life dedicated to like, let's mm-hmm. show you what this is or what that is. OK. Um, and teaching us skills of things that we probably would never, for example, like, okay, I'm not big on math. Obviously, you know, for, for you guys in, in the medical doctor field, like math is big. I never use calculus. I, I haven't used calculus in 12 years. Okay. <laughs> now, like, they had taught me how to balance a checkbook, how to, how to make some deposits, how to pay my bills, things like that, that I had to learn on my own. That would have been more. How about how to do my taxes? You know, so I won't right. get off the tangent. But, <laughs> but like, there are a lot of things that we got taught that we don't need versus some of the things that we really mm-hmm. truly needed we mm-hmm. didn't get. So, what is your vision? What do you see with mental health? That connection to the school system, since you're obviously so passionate about adolescents and children. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like you said, it definitely changed. And I, I have worked in the schools for 17 years. So you could have been one of my students, Justin. <laughs> and I would say that um, I was fortunate to be in a school. And I, don't, I think part of it, it it's an art school. And the, the founders knew very early on that they needed to include mental health as they actually provided, they considered it part of the emotional health, part of the third leg of the school's arts, academics, and emotional health. And so I think I was fortunate to work in a school community that got that for the most part. Um, so yeah, I, there was myself. We had partnerships with, with, with different hospitals and community programs that also brought more clinicians into the school. So even thinking about the district that, and it was, it's a public school, right? So even within our district, I know there would be other schools that would look at our model and be like, oh my God, I would, right? Like you guys are so lucky. 
And so we were fortunate, but we also, when you have, when you have the resources, students use it. And so I think we were also very highly tapped. One of the things that I'm really proud about the work we did, we really worked on destigmatizing mental health for our students. And so that included, we had a health education class where we talked, we did talk comprehensive sexual health. So all the organ stuff you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> but we also had a module, a four series module on depression. And so we used a, a documentary which actually featured a couple of our students on it talking about their experiences with depression. We talked about anxiety. So they got the signs, the symptoms. Um, they would know what to look for. And we often will say, you know, for your friends, right? So <laughs> underlying message for yourself, right? But maybe it's easier to think about it for your friends first. And so that has been, I would say, extremely successful. We also made it a role, a part of our role to not just stay in our offices. So we would go in and partner with um, one of a particular class that we knew often for our ninth graders uh, was often like a trigger point. So students saw us not just in the room, but they saw us in our classroom. We might've been in a reading group with the students. So we found it was very important to build relationships with students in very creative and unique ways. And I think that attributed to our success in helping students in helping students navigate very serious crises. Like there were definitely students who were suicidal and we supported them and their families to get the support that they need. Um, we had students who um, self-injured, right? We had students with eating, we had students with eating disorders, students with psychotic. I mean, we had very severe experiences that students were having. And I think the beauty of it, when you do have those resources, you can actually intervene and support students and their families well. So I think due to COVID, where we've seen this extreme uptake for young people um, in response to COVID, these are things students were having before then. But I think what has happened is that schools are really understanding that they need to do more um, to support the mental health of their students. And I, I think it's good and I think it's needed for sure. That's beautiful. And that's what we hope to see, because I believe in that's some of the work that we're obviously doing with the Lee Thompson Young Foundation. And we see there's many other projects out there um, doing similar work is because I, I'm of the mindset that if we build stronger minded youth, right, mm -hmm. and they're more cognizant of their mental health, then we're going to change that narrative because it, they're going to grow up to be more cognizant and aware of what they need to do for themselves. So so thank you for all the work that you've done with the, with the children and to continue to do. And so now. You're in a different. You're in a different phase of your life now. You you started something called No Psych, right? Mm -hmm. um, tell us, tell us about that. Tell us. I know there's a, a small story or a reason behind what made you want to start that. Um, and of course, you're the founder CEO of No Psych. So just tell us, you know, um, what why that and what 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 type of work is it doing and what what is it helping? Thank you for this question, Justin. Um, so yeah, I started in Osaic and we talked earlier about, you know, you're asking how I'm doing, right? And part of part of why I started this was I was getting to burnout because I was doing my nine to five. I had a private practice where I was doing both therapy and doing assessments for families involved with the Department of Children and Families. So I was doing a lot. And I, you know, I got to the point where like, I can't keep living like this, right? And my kids were even younger then. I'm like, okay, I need to be able to figure out a model 
that will help me do all the things I want to do, but not like stretch myself thin. And so I'd been thinking about things and then um, I actually went through um, something. My husband and I were having some challenges and we were looking for, we wanted a couple of therapists. We wanted, you know, therapists for ourselves. And it was extremely hard to find. And, you know, I know it was hard because people would often tell me they had a hard time and would ask me to help them. But going through that search process myself in 2017, I'm like, this is not okay. I'm thinking like when when my people, and you know, I was struggling, but I also knew I had resources, right, that I could tap into if I needed. Um, I'm like, when people come to therapy, our people don't come very easily, right? If we're coming, things are pretty bad and we need the support now. We can't wait six months right? For the most part. And so I'm like, wow. And literally I found someone, she was not a person of color, but she said, I'll have an opening. This was in August. She said, I'll have an opening in December. Give me a call in November. And of course we kept trying, calling, leaving messages. Some people called back, some didn't. And so November came and we still hadn't found anyone. So I'm like, look, here I am. And she was surprised that she's like, oh, you called. I'm like, I haven't found anybody. So hello. So that just really showed to me, oh my God, this is really hard. Again, the as a therapist, the process was very overwhelming. Where do you look? You have to search all these huge, um, you know, psychology today is out there. Like I would go through and try to narrow my search, but I would still get like, almost 200 people or it was just really hard and overwhelming. I'm like, okay, so this has to be better. I can't, I can do something. This is something I can take on. And I know this would be a service to my community. So that's what I did. I, I got a, a grant from Citizens Bank and I'm like, we are able to launch the directory in January, 2020, Justin, January, 2020. Just in the nick of time, right? In the nick of time. Who could have predicted that? So Two months later, we had COVID. And so we were there to help people find therapists. And what evolved from that, we started doing, I started doing more community conversations about mental health, how to how to survive COVID, how to keep your insanity in this very challenging time. And so our, you know, our business model has evolved to doing more of that work. And again, I love talking about mental health. So it just really gave us new opportunities to shift that conversation. And people were ready. People were open to having those conversations, which was also different than in the past. And, and one thing I mentioned, of course, if they, they go to your website, nopsych.com, you know, they'll, they'll see about your thriving um, therapreneur masterclass, your Thrive mm-hmm. Shop, the, the Thrive Card Deck. So definitely some things and resources there. Um, and then how a therapist can join your directory, a person of color could join your directory. But one thing, just kind of playing around with your website a little bit earlier that I really enjoyed, um, mm-hmm. how easy it is to function um, of how to, you know, go through and and, and do these, uh, yeah. these little searches. Those, these are really, so, uh, I, you know, you have it down to location, ethnicity, what they specialize in, their insurance, like what you can put in insurance type, service type. Um, so in-home, telehealth, right? Um, yeah. you'll follow those filters and then you'll find out exactly who's available. And like, for example, particularly for me, um, the first person popped up is out of District of Columbia, D.C., but they also service Virginia. It tells mm-hmm. me exactly what she um, what this particular therapist 
uh, specializes in identity development, interpersonal relationships, trauma, PTSD. Mm-hmm. If she's accepting new clients, I love that. That, that one. That's huge. That That's huge. For me. Like you, I want you to know right away before you did any more research. Yeah. Person taking new clients because that was yeah. the big pain point for me and for people is like, are they taking new clients? Because I don't want to go to all the work of calling this person or looking at them, really liking them. It's like, yes, I want to work. And then they're not taking new clients. Like, what a life yeah. now. Because that was it. Because I noticed that because on the page, it gave me like five people and one of them was not accepting clients. So <laughs> um, and then when you when you open their profile, it gives you a tab on how to contact them. Um, again, their service types mm-hmm. um, in network sliding scale is important. That's a huge thing that a lot of mm-hmm. people in the mental health community look to see if a therapist does do the sliding scale. Um, which is just for people who don't know sliding scale is really like reduced rates so some some therapists will offer that um, if you're not on their insurance plan um, it's a reduced rate for people who may have some limitations on uh, you know from the income so it's a really added benefit for folks for sure exactly thank you for because you explained it better than I was I was going to say basically I was going to say like this a discount, but you, <laughs> you, know, you saw, you made it so what Tim talks about it. I was going to say, so sliding scale for those who don't know, um, mm-hmm. definitely important. And then a few other things just to quickly highlight languages spoken. That's yes. important because um, mm-hmm. in this particular therapist, she speaks English. She's ASL, Hispanic mm-hmm. Sign Language and Spanish. So that's a huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people of color. And then finally, talk talking about um a little personal note from the therapist, my approach to therapy. So, of course, you know, you're never going to know fully until you meet them and, and get the chance. And we understand that every therapist isn't for every person, but at least you get a little glimpse of what their approach is, what their thoughts are surrounding therapy before you ever even reach out. I think that this is very, very informative because, like you said, it's such a hard step just to get someone to say, look, I need therapy. I want to mm-hmm. start looking. You're making it easier for someone to find what they're looking for well before they even get in front of the therapist, whether it through a computer screen like me and you right now or in person. So this is this is great. This is great. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. That may, makes me feel very, very happy and very proud. Yeah, I definitely wanted a, a product that was beautiful, that really highlighted the, the expertise of therapists. But the key was also how to make this process much simpler than it has been and much easier. That Those were definitely my goals going into designing it. Well, congratulations on the success of the website, and we look forward to supporting you as well. So just a, a few more quick questions before we get you out of here. One, I, where we met, I mean, we didn't even mention this at the top of the episode. We mm-hmm. were able to make meet for a second back in October um, at the Mental Wealth Expo, which was Anyone who, who's listened to my podcast, they know that that changed my life. I literally went there that day, like just trying to network and meet mm-hmm. people to help grow the pod. And I did all that. But honestly, like I didn't know how bad I was myself mentally until I was sitting mm-hmm. there hearing some of the things that you guys were saying on those panels and mm-hmm. Jason Wilson and Jay Barnett. And that moment when Charlemagne started to cry and those mm-hmm. men got up there and like those were some moments for me mm-hmm. as a viewer. I was sitting here like. Wow. And I went home that night. I recorded some things, some of my thoughts. I sent it to Charlemagne and Dr. Alfie and Anne, who who helps run the, the Mental Wealth Alliance. And a lot of them responded and said, they pre- in fact, Dr. Alfie mentioned to me the next day when she did an interview, she mentioned me by name that mm-hmm. she got an email saying today saved my life. That's literally how I felt. I, it, mm-hmm. it was really what I needed. I didn't know I needed it, but I was really bad off. And I was there like having thoughts I shouldn't have been having. But mm-hmm. needless to say, one of the bright spots I got a chance to meet 
and connect with you there and, and, and see yeah. your setup and you amongst a lot of other, um, you know, brands out there who are doing the work with mental health. So just talk to us, talk us through like what that experience was like for you. How did that come to be? Like, how did you get connected to Charlemagne and his alliance and what, what, what that meant for you back in October? Yeah, I thank you for sharing that, Justin, because I mean, I had a very similar experience. Just it was such a beautiful event. It was so well organized. Um, and for me as a mental professional, I'm like he's making mental health cool, right? So I got connected through Dr. Alfie, I would say. Um, they reached out, then well, the Alliance reached out and probably maybe almost two years ago at this point and asked if I would be interested in being a partner. Yeah, it was pretty early on. I think we had just been in, you know, InnoPsych had just been, you know, around for probably for about six months. But I think because of the content we were putting out and just really trying to elevate conversations about mental health um, really made us attractive. So that event was, you know, I got to, I did a a workshop. Then I was also on a panel that was moderated by Dr. Alfie. And again, just similar to you, that experience of being in that space and seeing mostly people of color engage about mental health. And just, it was like, people were soaking up this information and the experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could not have, I was so grateful to be able to witness that um, and to be a part of it. But that's what, you know, that's why I started InnoPsych, right? Because I want to make these conversations about mental health relatable, approachable, cool to talk about, right? I want us to remove all that shame and stigma about mental health. And let's just talk like why we need to heal and why do we think it's okay for only white people to heal, right? Mm -hmm. To have access to such a beautiful process. And if you've ever been in therapy, you know, it's a beautiful experience to have somebody who's just focused on you and your success with no hidden agenda, right? And so the experience of therapy is beautiful, Therapy, talk therapy is not the only resource, right? There are other resources that I definitely talk about more body-based resources. And I think that high, I mean, the event, the uh, Mental Wealth Alliance uh, Expo that highlighted a range of range of ways to think and talk about therapy. I know there are people who are featured who have different approaches. And that's what I love. It was such an informative educational event that brought lots of different practitioners some are mental health professionals, some are mental health advocates, and we can work together to elevate this conversation. So, you know, Justin, we talk a little bit about, yeah, I have the book smart stuff, the book mental health. You bring in your lived experience. I can learn from you and you can learn from me, right? This is a collaboration. I don't hold the power and all the knowing. And that's really what I want when, when I'm thinking about our fields, like we need to deconstruct this idea that only the therapists have the knowledge, right? And your podcast is such a beautiful um, experience and example of bringing your lived experience and and collaborating with mental professionals and advocates to elevate these conversations. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. And, I, and yeah, I'm just honored to have had the chance to speak to you, speak and, and and be there that day because it obviously did two things. One, most importantly, it saved my life from where I was mentally. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you are a creator, when you're an influencer, and people look to you for advice and stuff, we can easily compartmentalize. That's why I opened with how are you feeling because we mm-hmm. can compartmentalize what we're what we're going through ourselves and just mask it behind helping others but then at some point it can reach a boiling point and that's where i was i didn't realize it until mm-hmm. i was sitting there and they were saying things to me that I was like does he know my life you know and 
And but it was so really. And then I also so so the best part is that I I walked away feeling like oh man this is exactly what I needed on World Mental Health Day. How ironic! Mm-hmm. But then the second piece is that I was able to network and get emails and and connect with important people like yourself and Shanti Das and Dr. Alfie, who is from Virginia Beach, Virginia, where I'm from. Ironically, I had no idea um, oh, until we, until we connected and Charlemagne, of course, and stuff too. So. Um, so very, very, very good. The last thing I'll ask you, and a little bit of a somber note, but kind of leading where I wanted to end this conversation to get your thoughts. Um, I shared, I've shared on my platform before that that weekend that we just referred to, I was suicidal. I'll be open. Like I was very suicidal. I was mm-hmm. triggered. I was in New York City. I had thoughts of not coming back. And, mm-hmm. you know, recently, um, Forbes article published the article the other day. Um, I think it was entitled, um, why do they do it? Or, or, you know, basically talking about suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. And second among people aged 10 to 34, a person dies on average every 11 minutes, identified by the National Institute of Mental Health as a major public concern. Suicide rates increased 35 percent from 1999 to 2018, declined briefly in 2019. But since the pandemic, we've seen reports of depression, anxiety, which are risk factors for suicide dramatically increase. We know the Surgeon General uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Vivek, I think Vivek, Mark, uh, I can't think of his last name, but Dr. Mm-hmm. Vivek, he he put out, came out something last year declaring a youth mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a few names. These are just these are just some of the ones that have made the news lately. Um, Ian Alexander Jr., Regina King's son, 26 years of age, mm-hmm. uh, just within the last few weeks passed to suicide. Uh, mayor Kevin Ward, the mayor of Hyattsville, Maryland, a suburb just outside of D.C., 44 years old passed away. Uh, Jeffrey Parker, the CEO of MARTA down in Atlanta, um, their public transportation system, general manager, CEO, suicide. And ironically, yesterday I was recording a piece of audio to put out um, yesterday talking about how I was feeling because I hadn't done a podcast in a while. Literally, I talked about some of those same people and talked about suicide. About 15 minutes after I published it, we got the news yesterday that former Miss USA winner, 2019, Miss Chelsea Christ, um, e-correspondent, or, or I think a extra correspondent, I, I believe, lawyer, beautiful young lady, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful, talented, uh, took her own life mm-hmm. just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so just what are you, what are your thoughts? Why are we losing so many people? What can we do? Mm-hmm. What, what is there anything we can do just to try to save mm-hmm. more people from taking their own lives? Yeah. Um, thank you, Justin, and also thank you for sharing your own experiences. I think the more that we can, people can talk about this openness without feeling the shame around it. It just allows people to connect and it's like, oh, okay, this is something we can talk about. So in 2020, I definitely did. I, I partnered with an organization that does suicide prevention trainings because I wanted to get this out to the Black community. I saw COVID. And I'm like, you know what? Our community is going to be impacted by this. So let me really do something that can help bring this information to our people so people know what the signs are. Um, I think, so one of the things that, with the stats that I would also add is that what we're seeing is um, Black children ages 5 to 12, their suicide rates are twice that of white children um, and, and similar rates for, for men of color so and women of color. So I think we're seeing increases in suicide among our communities, um, um, particularly Black young people. And so as you share those names, just want to just honor a moment of silence for those people who've lost their lives. Um, But, you know, part of mental health 
is, is understanding what your signs of stress are. What are your triggers? What, what are the things that are really challenging for you? Um, like it's okay. You know, I did a, 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 a joint sermon with my pastor. He did the, the, the spiritual piece and I, you know, I did a, a talk back with him. But it's like, it's okay to have thoughts of suicide. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. We sometimes go through moments of our life. But if you feel like you can't talk about that or that there's shame around that, then you're more likely to struggle with that on your own. So it's really about how do we give information? How do we educate our communities? How do we make these conversations things that we can talk about at the dinner table, right? That having thoughts of suicide doesn't mean that you're going to do something to hurt yourself. What does it actually mean? And how do you talk about, and how do you get help? How do you ask for help? I mean, when people are experiencing very significant depression, um, they often feel like they have, don't have a lot of options, right? They, they, you know, they don't have options they, or they can't see their options. Um, they often feel like people are not there to support them, they, which causes them to withdraw even more, right? So all these things are happening and people are feeling more isolated um, more, more concerned about themselves, but also less, less skills or tools in how to, how to navigate that situation. And so if we could have conversations within families to recognize the signs, to have conversations. And, and, and if you have a conversation with someone about suicide, that you're not planting a seed in their head, right? You're actually giving them an opportunity to talk about what they might be struggling with. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I see. And, you know, these are really challenging times. And, you know, I don't know the stories of the people, the names that you shared with me. We don't know um, their history. People usually usually have a history of some mental health concern that, you know, that gets worse. And so if we start to learn, understand and recognize the signs when people are struggling, and we could help intervene so they're not feeling alone or when they pull away from us, we're like, oh, they might be struggling. Let me not just leave them out there on their own, right? Because our our sometimes our our response like, oh, they they kind of pulling away, like I'm gonna leave them alone, right? That's actually when someone needs the most support. Yeah. Right? So how do we learn those signs and and be able to talk families? And again, I'm I'm so appreciative of you being sharing your stories because I know you, you've talked about, you know, being helped by these conversations, but I, I can guarantee you're also helping other people. I can guarantee that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You know, I've just been <clears throat> trying to be authentic myself. Um, there was actually an episode of the podcast that I had recorded that was unreleased. It was like just like it was the one I was referring to. Mm-hmm. I was in my hotel room. I left, um, you know, Times Square and, and went to my hotel room and I, I cried. I, I just was talking about like, man, here were some of the things that were said and here's what, here's what I'm feeling. And I just kind of recorded it for me because I don't write, I'm an audio person, right? Mm-hmm. Like so mm-hmm. I record stuff and then play it back. But then I play, I let, I sent it to someone. It was like, yo, you should put that out. I'm like, you sure? And I called it 7 PM in New York because it was seven o'clock in New York. And I, so I went into Times, I took a picture of Times Square and it was a, thing in the background right underneath where the ball drops at new year's eve that mm. said what's what's next mm. and and it was so powerful it was so and that's the one 
I sent, I don't know if Charlamagne ever heard it, but I know Anne from Mental Health Alliance heard it. Dr. Alfie mentioned it because the next day she, they were the ones, only ones I sent it to. I remember hearing that. I remember her talking about, I was like, this is Justin I just met? That, that's, I, I had, I didn't watch the interview right away. It was like a week later and I'm just watching on a random Tuesday afternoon. So yeah, you know, Charlamagne, if someone even sent me an email saying it saved her life, I think his name was just, I was like, what? She just mentioned my name. And then when me and her connected, Doctor, I found out that she uh she was she lives she's from my same area. Mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. it's just funny how full circle and and yeah. I'm better now. It's still it's a day to day, but it's tough. It's tough for all of us. And 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 like I said, like having these conversations is a start. It's a good place for us because for so long we were told, like you said when you were growing up, same thing for me. We were told not to talk about it. We were told to silence our mouths that we stay strong by just basically by being silent, and that's mm-hmm. not. That's not the truth. We, we're strong when we're able to talk openly and honestly about what we're feeling and what we're going through and encourage many, many more people to do the same. And hopefully, just hopefully, we can we can save many others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Dr. Dr. Jackman, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you on today. Where, where can the audience, where can they find you? How can they um, support InnoPsych and where can they find you on social media? Yeah, and again, thank you, Justin, for um, for making space to have me on. I really appreciate this. Um, so our website, InnoPsych.com, Inno like innovative, Psych, P-S-Y-C-H. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, um, at InnoPsych, uh, Facebook, InnoPsych MA. I'm also at Ask Dr. Charmaine on Instagram and Twitter. So you know, definitely, I'm sure you'll post stuff in the show notes, but definitely connect and reach out. Um, we're, you know, always doing programming. So check out our events page. We have a blog where we talk about these issues for our community and really normalize these conversations. So I'm really excited. We have a show that I've done called Thrive and Thursday. So we have, oh, we have a YouTube channel as well, InnoPsych TV. <laughs> So, you know, we have lots of content on there. The suicide prevention trainings that I mentioned are on our YouTube channel. So we encourage folks to watch those. I think we actually will probably do some more promotion of those. So people, it kind of comes back up in people's box. But our goal is to really train and educate and normalize these conversations about mental health. Well, thank you so much for the work you're doing that you continue to do. And most importantly, the thought that I leave you with is, be kind to yourself. Please take care of you. You're doing so much to help other people. But first, remember just to continue to take care of yourself, Dr. Jackman. And we just continue to look for you, look to you for your example and the leading the way. But just thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. And you too. Take care of you as well. What an, another amazing episode, amazing conversation. That was episode Number 31 total, actually. So it'll be episode number 31 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. But of course, season two, the first episode of season two. Um, Thank you so much again, Dr. Charmaine Jackman, for just being with us, for being such an amazing guest, amazing partner. Myself um, and Dr. Jackman, we had a great conversation, both pre-pro and post, just about life and how we can partner and work together in the future. And she's such a, a great listener and a great partner. And hopefully you guys picked up on why I started the the podcast the way I did, because I do think it's so important, right, for us to truly check in with each other. I don't care who you are, how much power you have, how many followers you have, how much money you have, who you know. We all need to be asked that simple question. How are you? Are you okay? And actually be prepared for an answer that we may not seek, right? 
Because a lot of times we're so used to this people just saying, I'm fine, okay. But you'd be interested to know what people are truly going through and how easy it is for us to mask it behind what we do secularly, what we do with our family life, our relationships, and just somehow manage to quote unquote be okay, but we're really not. So stop for a moment this week, today, whenever, and truly ask the person next to you, someone that you truly care about, how are you? How's your day going? Is there anything I can help you with, right? I think once we show people, we talked a lot about in that episode, we talked about suicide, we talked about things that we've seen in the last month or so. I think once we can show people that we're here, that we're listening, that we support them, I think is very, very key. So again, such a great episode. Please, guys, in the episode notes, you'll see all the links to get in contact with Dr. Jackman and see everything that she's doing, particularly that InnoPsych. I'm telling you, that is a favorite on my phone. It's something that I have been using religiously in the last couple of months, and it's been extremely helpful. I promise you, um, I was sitting just last week, I was out of town and I was sitting um, at a cafe with a friend and I showed my friend this tool you know, because it can really, really help us, right? Again, you know, maybe you have a therapist and you're fine with your therapist, right? That's cool. But maybe there's someone that you know that's in search for a therapist or in search for someone of color and they want to know, are they available and and how best to find them? This is a perfect way to introduce them to the service, right? Completely free. They just go in there and are able to search and, and find help, right? Help people get help. Right. Let's let's help people get feel supported and get the help they need. So please click that link, share it with a friend. Enopsych.com. It's in the uh, the episode notes. So you guys will be easily able to uh, to use that link going forward. So Dr. Charmaine Jackman, please continue to take care of yourself. Thank you so much for an amazing interview and sending you nothing but love and healing for yourself and your family throughout this entire year of 2022. Well, listen, guys, before we get you out of here, a couple of things we're going to leave you with today. Uh, I always talk about affirmations. I mentioned one at the top of the podcast. So here's one I, I posted yesterday, and a lot of you guys responded and really related to it. Very simple. It's just crazy how peaceful life becomes when you're private. Mind your business and choose distance over drama, right? Private, minding your business and choosing distance over drama. That's something that definitely has helped me through Certain, certain situations in life in general is just the limit accessibility, right? Limit accessibility. And there's peace. There's peace there, I promise you. Uh, something that I'm working on myself, I've a friend sent this to me and it hit me right in the nose, literally. Uh, but it's something that I work on because I struggle with imposter syndrome. And the, the quote was over TikTok. It said, I told my therapist how it confuses me when people think highly of me than I do of myself. She said, they see who you really are instead of what you've lied to yourself about. It stuck with me ever since. Fellow imposter syndrome sufferers, keep that in mind. So again, she said, they see who you really are instead of what you've lied to yourself about. So any of my listeners out there who struggle, and many of us in some type of way probably have struggled for, from imposter syndrome, like, do we belong? Like, do I deserve to be here next to these names? Do I deserve to be in this room? And I'm reminding myself as I go forward, anything that's good that's happening to me is a direct reflection of the work that I've put in. Like, it's okay to be proud of what you, you're, you've done, what I, what I plan to do, and to remind myself that you belong. Like, you're here for a reason, right? So 
that's something that I'm working on, but hopefully a good reminder to any of you guys out there who've struggled with similar feelings that now that you know uh, that you are not alone. Before I close out with this last post, friendly reminder again, as you guys know, as a member of the board of directors for the Lee Thompson Young Foundation, you can go to my bio, the flip calls right there, find out more about the Lee Thompson Young Foundation and what we're doing this year. If you'd like to donate just anything, five, 10 bucks, 15, if you're able to donate more, we appreciate it. You can donate right to our cause. There's also, you know, a tax deduction as well for donating towards a nonprofit, but go right to the link in our bio and you'll be able to see how you guys can, uh, can participate and donate uh, to the Lee Thompson Young Foundation. So thank you guys so much um, in advance for any support um, that you can offer. And also let me know too, if there's ways that we can partner together and I can support some of your mental health causes as well. I know there's many people doing some amazing work, amazing actionable items in the mental health space. And if I can support it in any way and use our platform to shed light, uh, we are here to do so. So thank you so much. So last but not least, uh, I saw a post by Miss Melina Arrowwood. She's the COO of HCH Healthcare. This was on LinkedIn. And as a picture, there were a picture of several individuals, uh, six individuals, uh, Chesley uh, Christ, who we've talked a lot about in our bonus episodes, Robin Williams, Mr. Anthony Bourdain, singer Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, one of my all-time favorite bands, Kate Spade, a lot of you women love Kate Spade bags, uh, and then Vern Troyer. All of these uh, influential um, individuals one thing they have in common is that their deaths were at their own hands. And one name that I'll add to this in honor of Black History Month that was not here, uh, Mr. Donald uh, Cornelius, who ironically, uh, he passed on the 1st of February 2012. So 10 years ago, just a week or so ago, was his passing. Uh, founder, creator, soul train. I mean, come on. It's the culture. I mean, you you know about Soul Train. Even if you're 20 years old, you've heard it. You've seen the clips. You've Your mom has talked about it. Your grandma's talked about Soul Train. Legendary when it comes to the culture of Black people as a whole. Um, but he, too, uh, took his own life. So it was an interesting post, and I'll, and I'll conclude the podcast this way. And I'm going to read it here. And thank you, Melina Arrowwood, for sharing this post on LinkedIn. It starts, it says it's time. It's time we start taking mental health serious without feeling embarrassed and ashamed. Just like we talk about diabetes, heart disease, or cancer. Every single one of us knows someone who suffers or we suffer ourselves. No one is shielded from this. No one. It's time we normalize antidepressants, therapy, and psychiatric diagnosis. It's okay to need help. It's not a black mark on our abilities and presence. We should encourage one another to get the help we need early on before we get to this place of no return. It's time we stop portraying ourselves in such unrealistic ways like little balls of perfection. Our lives are not always surrounded by blissful backdrops or always built on moments of joy. We create a world of unrealistic expectations. The mess that we often find our lives and brains in is normal. It's time we talk to one another, not about the weather, but about life, pain, and raw emotions. Go to dinner and dive deep. Ask people to share how they're feeling. Ask them to share one thing that makes them happy and one thing that makes them sad. 
Really listen to their responses. Talk it through. There is strength and validation and an expression. I'm going to stop there just for a second. Like, I mean, as I'm reading this post, uh, it truly, truly for me, like I just, after everything that we saw going on, right, um, in the past few weeks, it struck a nerve. It struck several nerves, right? And hopefully um, it, it does the same for you guys, but more importantly, it inspired me to action. So I want to just conclude with her words as well, but I had to kind of just stop there and just tell you guys why these words meant so much to me personally. But let me finish here. It says, it's time we show each other our real selves, makeup less and sweatpants, overwhelmed and tired, sometimes for three days in a row. Let your dirty laundry and dishes fly when people come over. Leave your blankets unfolded on the couch and photos. Show up for others as you are so that they could do the same for you. It's time we speak kindly to one another. Despite our differences, it's literally free. You never know how far a kind word or smile can carry someone who is in pain. It's true that you never know what someone else is dealing with. Just look at these faces. People suffer in silence. Kindness is always the answer. It's time we realize a significant risk. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in people ages 10 to 34. Read it again. The second leading cause of death. One death every 11 minutes. This is us, me, you, our kids, our friends, our neighbors, our nieces, our nephews. It's time we get comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's time to realize the magic of leaning in. It's time to end the stigma. It's time we stop this. It's time. Listen, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening, for tuning in to this first episode of season number two, episode number 31 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Little, and my prayer and hope for each and every one of you out there, no matter where you are and what you're doing, where you're listening from, what language you speak, your color, your background, I hope and pray that each and every one of you has a love again, love again, love again.